1: Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. The ambiguity of language and the subjectivity of interpretation feature in our first episode of Micro Season 2. Playing off of multifaceted perspectives, these three pieces meet at the intersection of humor and aching reality a space that feels all too relatable. In this first piece, wordplay, scientific observation, and history coalesce into a rich tapestry of humor and wit, with an undercurrent of loss and change. It's called Heathen. It was written by David Naiman and published by Orion Magazine on September 9th, 2020. Enjoy!
2: heathen. A grouse is a bird. To grouse is to shoot grouse. To grumble is to grouse. A grouse is a reason for grumbling. A grouse grouse is a very good grouse. Grouse are ground-bound galliforms. Grouse have feathered nostrils and dance at lex. Grouse grow toe feathers in winter to walk on snow. Grouse sport big crops and big gizzards. Male grouse drum, rattle, flutter, and flaunt brightly colored combs. Female grouse lay their clutch in a scrape. Grouselings hatch out in a yellow-brown down. The spruce grouse, the dusky grouse, the sooty grouse, the ruffed grouse, the black grouse, the Caucasian grouse, the red grouse, the hazel grouse. The Gunnison grouse, the sharp-tailed grouse, and the greater and lesser prairie chicken are some of the living grouse species. The now-dead heath hen was once so common it was poor man's food. The heath hen was the Thanksgiving bird, some say. The heath hen was one of the first birds Americans tried to save. The heath hen preservation bill was introduced by humans in 1791. Human opposition to the heath hen bill arose from a misreading of heath hen as heathen, of the bill as a bill to preserve Indians and heathens. Booming Ben, the last heath hen, was last seen on his traditional lecking grounds. Male grouse exhibit two types of lecking, typical lecking and exploded lecking. Exploded lecking occurs in areas where females have few resources. Booming Ben, the last heath hen, went to his lek early in the breeding season to dance and boom for female heath hens. In a world without them, Booming Ben did not boom, but stood silent among crows. Traditional human dancers still dance the grouse dance that living grouse still dance in Lex. The prairie chicken dance is one of the oldest human dances, a pact between the grouse nation and the Blackfoot. Breechcloth, cloth, feathered bustles, head roaches, and round bells round out the regalia of those who dance the grouse dance. More than a million lesser prairie chickens danced in the southern Great Plains prior to European colonization. Today, their numbers are lesser and few. The prairie chicken taught their lek dance to the Blackfoot after a Blackfoot killed a male grouse during his mating dance. Dance this dance to honor us, or we will come back and kill you, said the grouse nation. A grouse is a bird. A grouse grouse is a very... Good grouse. A grouse is a reason for grumbling. To grumble is to grouse. To grouse is to shoot grouse. A heathen is a grouse. A heathen is a bird.
1: David Naaman is a writer of prose and poetry the co-author of Ursula K. Le Guin, Conversations on Writing, which was co-written with Ursula K. Le Guin, as well as the host of the literary podcast Between the Covers, broadcast out of Portland, Oregon, and hosted on Ten House. You can find him on Twitter at David Naiman, on Facebook at David.Naiman, or on his website at tenhouse.com slash podcast. In this next piece, a visceral landscape of antagonistic creatures is up for interpretation as the speaker makes a realization. It's called Changes. It was written by Victoria Boutrone and published by Emerge Literary Journal. Enjoy.
3: Changes. When we leave everything in the United States and move back to the country I was born in, I don't think about the little things. Tiny lizards hissing at each other in the moments before sleep envelops me, to leap from my bed and chew off crickets plastered on my window, slithering reptiles on my pillow. In just a few months, I sense when an iguana is on the roof, the strides heavy-footed as if it'll fall through and land in my room at any moment. The feral cat's steps feel more like leaps. Unless they're mating, and then all that can be heard are shrill screeches. These sounds, needing to live among these animals, won't cross my mind until it's happening. How the constant of a decade's silence in a distant place will prevent a good night of sleep. The buzz of mosquitoes loud enough to keep me up until first light. In the first weeks, their bites ooze on my skin, the scabs itchy long after they have taken what's needed. I learn to breathe under the covers, not allowing a spot of skin as bait. A pigeon makes a nest on the air conditioner sticking out of my mother's room. She doesn't want to disturb its peace, even when it wakes her up before the jarring alarm. But everything changes when she rouses one day covered in red blotches, and the trail of insects leads to the nest. She enlists the man who isn't afraid of walking on her roof, the one that throws rank mangoes from up high while I hold an old towel with an uncle. Sometimes the mango's skin is almost the color of tar, all rotten. The man takes home the just-fallen ripe ones that manage to remain intact. The rest are removed to deter the pulp from cooking under the sun and prevent tiny holes from forming on the towels so rain doesn't stain our walls. His task on that day is to shoo the pigeon away and destroy the nest, but he goes a step further. Our maid makes pigeon broth for dinner. The air conditioners are sealed off at the top, so no other creature can make a home, so there's one less thing to interrupt our sleep. Look at that butterfly, I say. Moments after I put on my pajamas, my mother making her way into my room. That's not a butterfly, she says. A moth, perhaps, but a rush tells me that I'm wrong about that assumption, too. A man appears, but I don't remember who maybe an uncle or a man from outside of our gates. He uses a broom to snatch it from the wall, throws some cloth over it, and carries it to our front yard for it to fly into the darkness beyond the trees. My mother holds my hand as we see the distinct wing spread, the pointy corners of its flap, and after I gasp, she tells me it's going to be fine. But I don't know if she's talking about them or us. I wonder what it says about me. Confusing bats for butterflies.
1: Victoria Buitrone is a writer and translator with an MFA in creative writing from Fairfield University whose work has been featured or is forthcoming in entropy, Bear life review, bending genres, and more. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram, At Vic underscore Torio Writes or on her website at VictoriaBuitrone.com. The simplicity of this final piece is also a testament to the skill of its writer. Although it captures one scene, it encapsulates many, many moods, many moments in time, and multiple perspectives. It's called Day 84. It was written by Amy Bender and published by Electric Literature. Enjoy.
0: Day 84, or Each Day is the Same Backward and Forward. I put a palindrome above the sink in the bathroom. Madam, I'm Adam on a piece of white paper taped to the wall to entertain the children who are home all the time now, who are bored. I put it up and felt like fun mom for a short time and then later experienced the patience drain out of me around 3 p.m. like it just left my body all at once, like a liquid exit, like my body is a shotgunned beer and someone just drank me and my patience down. It is like that with me, not a slow ebb, but a sudden sharp emptying. I snap at both children. I have that edge to my voice that I hate hearing in other people. My voice tainting the room's mood, the kids going to the other room to get a break from me. Later, I'm a bit better, maybe food helped or a little time on email of all things, just that small package of quiet time, deleting email after email. And my son sees the palindrome sign and is delighted. It's that thing, he says, pacing back and forth, trying to remember. What is it called when it's the same letters back and forth? My husband, sitting and looking at his phone in the living room, tells him it's called a pandemic. We are all so tired. My son comes back into the bathroom where I am now washing my hands after unpacking some groceries, and there's a bubble of good-natured confusion in his voice when he says, Is it a pandemic when the words are the same backwards and forwards? I start laughing even though I don't want to confuse him more, but something about it fits, seems true, and I say, Daddy's just messing with you. And even our son can tell something doesn't sound quite right, but by then I can't spit out the real word. And we're both laughing and laughing, clutching our stomachs, my son rolling into the towel, hanging from the rack to catch his breath. Even though he's still not totally sure which of these two long P words is for what. My daughter hearing and coming into the room laughing. What? What? Their dad coming over and laughing. All of us releasing something together for a moment. Our daughter saying, my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts. The glorious tumbling laughter of children. And then our son says, wait, what is a pandemic anyway, which I'm sure we've explained, but how to make sense of it anyway. And for a short second before the definitions descend, the word isn't anything scary at all.
1: Amy Bender is the author of six books of fiction, including, most recently, the novel The Butterfly Lampshade. You can find her on Twitter at Amy Bender, or on her website at amybender.com. Micro is edited and curated by Dylan Evers, and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Our theme song is by Matt Ordez. You can find all the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, and the publications where they were published, as well as a transcription of this episode in the show notes. This is the first episode of our second season, and I'd like to take a quick second to welcome Maymay Kaufman, also known as M.M. Kaufman, who just joined the team as curator and social media manager. We've got a bunch of great shows headed your way, and we hope you'll tune in for all of them. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube, so if you need subtitles, check us out there. You can always find our shows at micropodcast.org, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro.